This is a fourth hand production. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental I don't know, know planes man. that they're building? Police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And everybody, welcome to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. Josh. How's there? How are you guys doing? By the way, it's been what a hot week since I've seen you in person. If if that. <laughs> oh, I'm doing good. Just really hot. It has been extremely <laughs> hot over here. Yes. Welcome to semi-arid desert weather at 100 Welcome degrees to every summer, day. Everyone. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, well, hopefully you guys are good on your side. Uh, so for the listeners, we actually have a surprise for you. Uh, we reached out and we've been talking to an individual who has an amazing background, amazing story, um, research, exploration, and. Um, and it's really cool. So we want to share that with you. So if you bear with us, we introduce him right now. So this is Joshua Shapiro. He's an author, researcher, and explorer, which has paved the way to what we know about the ancient artifacts known as crystal skulls. His explorations and experiences around crystal skulls has led him to different locations around the world, from Peru to the search for the infamous blue skull, to his amazing encounter into the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull. He has 37 years of research in regards to not only the crystal skull phenomena, but other facets of the paranormal. Together with his partner, Karen Head, Joshua also continues to share his thoughts and information to ask question the question sorry, of who we are in this world when it pertains to a higher source or creator and what our future may hold when it is comes to that. So Joshua, without further ado, welcome to Strange Uncles. Yeah, I don't know what to do with you guys, uncles, you know, (laughs) it's so I'm assuming you're all into the paranormal. And by the way, it's Katrina is the name of my wife. Oh, Oh, no problem. Okay, don't worry. No, no. Um, I did catch some things on her side uh, as far as I I believe she does most of the writing, correct? No, no, I'm the writer. Mm. And basically what Katrina does is... um, she activates the crystal skulls and she knows how to prepare them for people. And, you know, she gets, uh, she talks with them too. And, um, you know, she's a multi-talented individual. Healing is also very important for her. So, you know, we kind of share different gifts in working with the crystal skulls. Yeah. It, and a lot like the intro that we covered, you know, you, you've been 37 years, Joshua, you've been at this and, and that's strictly, so just to clarify for our listeners, is that, Strictly with the paranormal, or is that mainly crystal skull research and what you discovered on that behalf? Well, really, it's about everything. Uh, any type of world mystery, including crystal skulls, UFOs, uh, crop circles, Bible code, you know. Uh, I'm a typical Aries. I'm always interested in, <laughs> in all of these mysteries and you know, I like to uh, talk to a lot of different people, ask questions, you know, so that's kind of my writer phase uh, to understand things. And then I share, you know, whatever it is. Uh, mostly people know me for the crystal skulls. 
And of course, most of the books that I've written and many of the, uh, let's say, events that I've done and traveling around the world has been mostly based on crystal skulls. But I also think, too, that I've been very involved within the last five and five to ten years with the paranormal as well. So, you know, it's uh, anything that's interesting for me. And then just to report to people what I think uh, might be of uh, benefit and let people decide for themselves if they think I'm totally insane or, you know, there's something to, you know, what I'm sharing with people. Absolutely. And that's funny because I'm an Aries too. So I, I share that, uh, you know, I used to think of it as a curse. Maybe it's not a curse. Maybe it's a blessing in our side because I'm about the same way. Uh, I will say, I, I think what we want to do here is just kind of explain the basics to our listeners. I know a lot of them probably have a good idea of what the, either they've heard or they kind of have an idea of what crystal skulls really are. Uh, but, but if you don't mind, Joshua, can you lay down just an exclamation of what that whole theory is, what they are, where they come from? Just kind of a brief history. Okay, sure. Be happy to do so. So as the the name or the term implies crystal skull is we're talking about uh, objects that are made from initially were made from quartz crystal. Now it's all kinds of different gemstones that are in the shape of a human bone skull or stylized skulls or alien skulls or animal skulls. I mean, many different shapes and, and sizes, but let's say all of them is some kind of a face. All right. And, um, you know, so these skulls, let's see, I would say that at first they started to come out like in the late 1800s and the 1900s. There seemed to be um, different indigenous type of cultures that were involved in this, like that were very sacred to them. And then um, all of a sudden they just started showing up at the late 1800s, early 1900s. And in the, in the uh, 1970s, and since then, it's just kind of taken off like Arthur C. Clarke, Mysterious World, would talk about the crystal skulls, uh, and especially the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull, which is probably the most famous one. But uh, the, the thing I, I want to mention before I forget is that after over 37 years of being involved, it seems to me that there is some kind of um, uh, intelligence that works through these crystal skulls. And it's not just, you know, that my wife and I are having this kind of like telepathic communication and contact with the skulls, but also a lot of other people, you know, who just feel like they need to have one or to be involved with one. They tell me the same thing. And people kind of like, like Portal de Luz is the name of the first crystal skull that came to me which means portal of light in English. Mm. Uh, other people have also, you know, had crystal skulls where they felt some kind of name or they were having communication with different crystal skulls. So, um, you know, it's, it's been very interesting. And um, as you mentioned in my bio, I've, you know, traveled around the world, met many different crystal skulls, had all different kinds of experiences with them. But essentially, what we're talking about is some kind of a skull that's being done either by the, the modern carvers today or the ones that were done by ancient civilizations, you know, like Atlantis or Lemuria or different indigenous cultures uh, has just popped up all over the place. And 
the one that I, I saw basically in 1983, which is called Ami, an amethyst crystal skull, uh, when I had a chance to experience with it, I received a message that basically said the crystal skulls are returning to help humanity to create world peace. So, oh, wow. um, you know, it's it's something that, um, you know, for some people say, well, you know, sounds like Joshua's insane talking about that there might be this higher consciousness that's connected to it. But um, many people are having very profound experiences with it or uh, using it for meditation, for healing, uh, for possibility that uh, extraterrestrials were brought here. So, you know, over all these years, there's so many aspects of it that, you know, I just know that it's it's not just a piece of stone that somebody's, you know, making a, a fantasy about. There's many people now who all of a sudden just feel like they need to have their own crystal skull. So the last thing I'll say is there's four different types of crystal skulls that um, are basically developed. There's the ones that are being made by modern carvers today, and some of the carvers do, during it are making very accurate crystal skulls like a human bone skull. And there's another set that was done between 100 years and 1,000 years that's kind of done by Mesoamerican people that – don't have such a sophistication uh, form of the skulls. Then there's the ancient or very old ones that could be from 1,000 or 2,000 years ago to hundreds of thousands of years ago. And then also for those involved in the paranormal, there are ones called, um, what is it called? Apportation, which is the mm -hmm. idea of an object just materializing out of nowhere. And so some crystal skulls have shown up uh, by this... Uh, paranormal phenomenon where objects just show up out of nowhere. Hmm. Wow. I'm kind of curious, um, where were the original crystal skulls, like some of the first found ones, what like location were they in and were they found in like an archaeological dig or how are, how are ones that are usually found in the wild found, so, so to say? Right. Well, um, mostly in the beginning, at least when I started in the early, uh, late 1980s, early 1990s, it seemed to be connected to uh, sacred objects connected with Mesoamerican cultures and civilization and ancient civilizations, you know, uh, different um, cities, ancient cities found and so on. Um, and then it seems to be that when the Americas were invaded by, you know, the Spanish and colonized. The indigenous people uh, felt that they had to protect these sacred artifacts. So they tried to protect and, and hide them from, you know, the Europeans, let's say, that started uh, looking at the Americas to create, you know, their colonies and so on. But I believe and this is kind of like a past life type of thing. I have memories of being in Atlantis and possibly America, hmm. not America, Lemuria, where crystal skulls were commonplace by those civilizations and they were used, you know, like ancient computers, healing, all this kind of thing. And then it, it seems like that the ancient, um, civil, ancient crystal skulls were hidden for a, a long period of time. And then they're starting to come out, you know, because according to 
this one called to me, which I saw in 1983, the message that I received is that the returning crystal skulls are returning to be a catalyst to help humanity to create world peace. And so since 1983, this is the main message that I received. This is what uh, kind of was my catalytic moment that I wanted to learn more about it. And eventually, you know, when I had my own crystal skulls, then all kinds of new um, experiences and adventures started to come from them. So, um, you know, then I started writing books and just sharing. But I think that a uh, long, long time ago that the crystal skulls existed, then they were put aside until starting to return again right now. And I believe that, uh, you know, not only with the crazy things that are happening on, on our planet right now, you know, with the pandemic, but that the crystal skulls are returning as a key to help humanity to create peace, that this is ultimately their certain, um, probably eventually what's going to happen. And um, there is um, information that is uh, part of, you know, telepathic communication for many people are using their paranormal uh, abilities. They start having com uh, communication. Like right now, as I'm looking, we'll show to your uh, people an example. This is Portal de Luz, which was made by a Brazilian uh, carver in uh, 1999. It's, I think 1998 is when he made it, but 1999 is when the skulls came. And it's a fairly large skull, too. It's almost a human size. It's about 10 pounds uh, uh, as far as the uh, shape and size of it. Mm -hmm. and, and I feel that there is a living consciousness that works through Portal de Luz uh, because, you know, we have uh, communication with this type of crystal skull. So let's clarify that a little bit, if you don't mind, Joshua. So when you talk about a living consciousness in something like that, and I guess this is a two-part question. First of all, have you really always had the theory that this time frame that we're in, when you originally started researching this back in the early 80s, this was going to happen? We're kind of on this these epoch times sort of thing, or has this come recently to you as far as what you feel, what's drawn to you? Well, I'm going to give you an answer which you may not believe, but um, this we really believe happened. anything. So go ahead and give us it. Okay, okay. So I would say that um, let's say in the beginning, in the 1980s, after I started to see different crystal skulls, you know, I thought that eventually uh, more people would would accept them as a as a very special kind of um, I don't know, uh, this, the crystal skulls would have some positive effect on people because there is um, supposedly for the different um, uh, different uh, Mesoamerican type people, they're supposed to have this uh, idea or, or prophecy that there used to be original 12 or 13 ancient skulls that were created long ago and then they were uh, kind of put it in uh, hiding for a long time. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, on the sci-fi channel, when um, the last um, uh, crystal skull, uh, uh, 
what could we call it? The um, I can't. I'm blanking out on this. The um, uh, this the um, was it a documentary or a, or a? No, not the directory. The um, s- series by um, why can't I think of it? It's the movie everybody watched Indiana with Indiana Jones. Know, Indiana Jones. Indiana oh. Jones. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm trying. To okay. I'm sorry. I don't know why I no, could. You're fine. I just blanked out on it. But, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So with that movie coming out, they the last movie based on that, they talked about crystal skulls and they talked about actually thirteen skulls. You know, first they focused on one, and then on the movie they showed thirteen skulls. Mm-hmm. Now, now this is the experience, two experiences that I had that. For me, it feels like, you know, that eventually the crystal skulls are going to come forward and be a key to bringing world peace. One is um, an experience I had with the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull, which is the most famous crystal skull, uh, which which is, you know, almost in the shape and size of a human bone skull that um, Anna Mitchell Hedges and her father, uh, F.A. Mitchell Hedges, uh, basically came to them in the 1920s and then um, somehow uh, it was given to some friend of the Mitchell Hedges to raise money for other expeditions and then mm. um, the Mitchell Hedges skull was repurchased by the family in the 1940s and then was with Anna Mitchell Hedges uh, after her father passed away I think in 1959 and then when she passed away and um, let's see, it was 2006 or seven, I believe, Anna Mitchell Hedges passed away. Then the gentleman um, that uh, Bill Holman now has it. So one of the experiences that I had with the Mitchell Hedges skull was I was allowed to do a private meditation with that skull. And what happened was, and you know, I, I'm not totally sure what happened to me, but first of all, when I was doing a meditation with that skull, I felt like I was experiencing heaven because the energy around the skull, it just felt to me like, um, I don't know, it just felt like everything was very peaceful and I could have sat with that crystal skull, you know, for hours and hours. I spent only 20 minutes with it. Hmm. But the other key that came through that experience was I I felt in the room, you know, which was in Mr. Holman's home, who allowed me to do the the meditation with the skull, I felt, and this is my uh, spiritual gift, I felt the um, appearance of uh, an acknowledgement of a very advanced um, energy or an illumination of of a being that was appearing in the room you know, with the Mitchell Hedges skull. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like who, whatever this was, it was a very advanced being. It knew everything that there was about me. And somehow it changed my vibrational frequency of who I was. And it helped mm-hmm. me to learn how to be in a neutral state. So in other words, like, you know, like if people are listening to, this idea of my uh, influence that I had with the experience of this other beings that were around the Mitchell Edges skull as if the crystal skull was allowing like access to another dimension. Um, 
it helped me to to learn how to be in a, in a neutral state. So you know, I even though there's uh, people, let's say that I listen to their experiences or whatever, or they're listening to what I'm experiencing, you know, I'm not um, uh, feeling like uh, you know they're judging what I'm doing or anything. I just share with people what I think works the best and. If people feel that, um, you know, they want to learn more about the Crystal Skull or perhaps read some of the books, they, they can do so. The other experience I had was I was uh, living in Las Vegas uh, in 1990 and 1991. And in 1991, I was um, uh, going to, to eat lunch like at McDonald's. And what happened was a van struck me from behind and I was in a coma for like three days. Oh, wow. Jeez. Huh. And, um, of course, this has nothing to do with the UFOs that show up uh, in the clouds in the sky in Las Vegas or anything like that. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> yes, that's a completely different story. Yeah. <laughs> Some amazing clouds uh, that we saw when we, when I was in um, in Las Vegas. But anyway... You know, I I had no fear about this. I I heard a, you know, like a, a, an an accident uh, happening behind, and you know, I just didn't pay any attention to it. And the next thing I knew is two days later, I woke up in the hospital, and I remember that the doctor was saying, "Do you remember the truck that hit you?" And I go, "What is he talking about? I have no idea what he's talking about," because it was like my consciousness. Uh, was removed before I was actually struck by this um, a vehicle that jumped the curb and actually hit me. And so I was um, gone for about three days. And um, the reason why I think that this is an amazing experience, because I think that what we're going on right now in order to deal with the pandemic and all the things that I was at a meeting on an inner dimension and I was seeing, you know, what higher beings were trying to figure out how to help humanity, what would work the best without fear. And then they um, didn't allow me to remember what was shown. And it's just, it's like over time as certain things, you know, go on, I just, you know, I already know, like a lot of things they're talking about with the um, current pandemic and how many people are affected and so forth. I just know that these numbers they're talking about that it's not really true. I mean, there are people who are affected by this. And I believe that the that the crystal skulls are becoming more powerful because they have healing energies associated with them and also to help many people in awakening to the spiritual abilities that they have inside of themselves. Wow. Wow. So, do you think they kind of like the higher beings while you were in that coma kind of planted those in your subconscious kind of, and now you're subconsciously aware of these mm -hmm. types of things? That's my question. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I made an agreement before I was actually born that, that there would be uh, something that would happen to me to explain why I would be in the hospital and that I would be taken into the other dimensions and that part of, the reason why I went is because they needed to have people who were incarnated as human beings to give advice and guidance what would help humanity as we awaken to the divine 
abilities that we have inside of ourselves, that it could be done in a way that would not cause panic and fear. Because I think that there are many dimensional beings, I call them, excuse me, also the galactics who really want to help humanity, but there's still free will involved. And, you know, they just can't come down and resolve all the problems we have. We have the ability as we awaken more to the divinity inside of ourselves and the spiritual nature of our being that we can actually create world peace. And that's the same thing that I believe with the crystal skulls that also many people, you know, not when I started in the 1980s, when I started, there weren't that many people who really understood or believed in crystal skulls. But now there's so many people who either you know, are watching the Indiana Jones film or they're seeing documentaries or, you know, they go on the internet and, you know, they, they get inspired to look at different websites and all of a sudden they just feel like, you know, I need to have my own crystal skull or I need to uh, talk to people, read books, experience it more. So, um, so I think that also these beings that exist on the other levels, it's very possible that the uh, crystal skulls could be gifts from the so-called gods or the galactics as a tool that will help humanity in the advancements that are being prophesized, that eventually wow. we will create a world peace. Because I have a guide whose name is Argist, and before I was uh, doing my interview for Coast to Coast AM, uh, that radio show, which is very, very popular, yeah. um, I had to write a special free ebook, which quite a few people I've been giving it to, where one of the guides tells me his name is Argus, and Argus says to me, Joshua, I'm who you're going to become in the future. And he started talking about between 2037 to 2040 what life would be like. Hmm. And so, and this was a message I received when I was in Brazil from 1996 to 1997. I just had to sit down at the computer and I just kind of was typing what I was receiving. So according to what Argus was telling me is that he couldn't tell me exactly how the world will see world peace by between 2037 and 2040, but that um, between now and then, this is exactly what's going to happen and the crystal skulls will be involved in helping to bring peace. And that also... Uh, there's, uh, you mentioned about this blue crystal skull, which I've been looking at in, in Peru. Mm -hmm. It seems like Argus is overseeing this crystal skull uh, in this future time. Because right now, my contact with the blue skull, it's more of like an inner vision. I have not seen the skull in the physical, you know, but I've had many visions. And also, I always feel the skull, you know, like around me, like, this this is the way I have to describe it. It's right. it's around me right now as a vision, but it's not here in the physical. So, yeah, you something so, in you your still mind. Still feel its gonna, presence. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it, it's it's present. So what has happened is during certain presentations I will do related to the blue skull, I will feel it literally sit on my hand. In other words, you can't see it but I will actually feel like a little weight on my right hand, not on my left hand, but on my right hand. And then I've had people like when I've done, you know, public presentations say, okay, if you want to experience the blue skull, put your hand over my right hand and see what you feel. And a lot of people uh -huh. have felt a super powerful energy 
you know, when this blue, blue skull comes. And there were a couple of people um, who told me that the blue skull stayed with them. So in other words, after they made that contact over my right hand, for some reason, that energy would incorporate into their own hand that they used over it, and they would start having visions or contact with it. So, with that being said, Joshua, I'm gonna we're gonna pause for a break real quick, but I we want to come back and talk about that energy. That's my next question on my side. Um, so, if you don't mind, uh, give us give us five. We'll be right back. Very good. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality. Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All right, and we are back. So let's talk about that. You kind of led us down that road because I'm very curious when you discuss, and not to get too scientific, but when you talk about energy of these skulls and whether they are actually there in front of you as a manifestation, they're real, or there's something that you see telepathically, whatever have you, what's that energy look like? Do, Do we really know what that the, what they give off is there a difference between maybe what an ancient skull might be in relation to a, a, a fairly newly carved one if that makes sense yes um from the point of view of the ancient skulls i think these skulls have been around for thousands of years and they've been with many different civilizations quartz crystal i believe has the ability to record different frequencies of energy like we'll look at Portadalus, so I can try. So, like whatever energies or people that are around it, the skulls are able to record those frequencies of energy. And especially like with different civilizations, have to put this skull down because it's kind of heavy to to keep holding him. Um, you know, they did special ceremonies with the skulls. They used them for healing. They used them as computers to store things. So for the older skulls. It's like, you know, they're recording everything going on around them, information, energies, and so on. And it's going from different culture to different culture over many thousands of years. Now, to compare it to the new crystal skulls, um, it depends upon who are the carvers that are making these skulls. Some of the carvers that I've talked to uh, feel like they have, um, they're inspired by spirit or their creativity you know, when they get a piece of quartz crystal and then they're inspired how to carve it and how to, uh, what form, what design it's going to take. And then it goes to a certain individual. And what I have found, like Portal de Luz that I'm showing you, he was made by a um, very good carver in Brazil. So, um, you know, when I received this crystal skull, um, it was at a conference and I was exposing the crystal skull to the other crystal skulls that were present that were quite old. I had the crystal skull participate in a Mayan ceremony by two priests that were connected to uh, the Mayan priest in Guatemala. There was an ancient skull called E.T., which um, 
a very good friend of mine had at that time, Yoki Van Dieten, and the Crystal Skull spoke with him. And then also because the conference was in Sedona, Arizona, where there were, you know, four or five different energy vortexes that people went to. I remember taking Portal de Luz to two or three of those sacred places in Sedona, Arizona. It seemed like it, it brought the Crystal Skull to life. And then after I did meditations with it and worked with it personally, then I suggested, uh, this was in the Chicago area, I suggested to a group that was doing like, you know, readings that psychics were giving people. I said, look, I can do a reading for a person. I would have the crystal skull present, um, but I haven't really offered it publicly. But I think, uh, you know, there's other crystal skulls that people who are working with them are using them publicly. So if you're open to it, let me try and see what happens. I have no idea. And I wound up having more sessions than anyone else did. Oh, wow. And, and then I was also told, too, how accurate it was. So I felt like Portal de Luz was projecting or had been activated by some living consciousness, let's say, that was working through Portal de Luz, uh, was present to help me creating the right energy around so that as I was doing these sessions for people, you know, I was able to give them insights into things going on and so on. So, hmm. um you know, so I believe that it is possible, depending upon who the person is and what they're doing in their own spiritual evolution, that they could take some of the modern skulls done by modern carvers, begin to do an activation, doing some of the same things I've done, or, you know, like uh, Portal de Luz has been to, um, uh, what is it called, Stonehenge in England, crop circles. So every time you take them to these places, there's like uh, new frequencies of energy. And also there was a test I did with a crop circle researcher in England near, um, uh, God, my memory. It's really bad when you get old. You can't remember the name. <laughs> we don't uh, have good memory either, so don't. <laughs> it's right. It's not Stonehenge, but it's another, you know, sacred place with uh, stones in mm -hmm. it. And I can't remember the name, name of it for shame for me. But um, anyway, uh, Portal de Luz was uh, near those stone structures in a crop circle that was um, kind of a yin-yang pattern. And I did hmm. a meditation with Portal de Luz uh, using music. You know, they didn't have um, the MP3 players then. It was, uh, you know, CD, CD players, portable CD players. And uh, I felt once I started meditating with Portal de Luz's favorite music, with, which was Pacho Bell's Canon in D, Mm. Uh, I started singing with it. Nobody knew what song I was singing. I thought it was, you know, following the music. Um, the energy at the center of the crop circle, based on a, a device measuring the electrical magnetic energy, was zero. But after I listened to the music and meditated with Portal de Luz and put it put Portal de Luz at the center, it was off the, the scale. It was like oh, wow. not huh. zero, but it was 100 plus. Also, before I did that, uh, I saw this, and generally I don't see these things in Portal de Luz, but also the uh, crop circle researcher saw it too. We were seeing what looked like in Portal de Luz an energy that was spiraling in and out, but doing it so quickly hmm. that the measurement was zero. But then once I started doing the meditation with music with the crystal skull, then we put it at the center and then it was off off the scale. 
So, um, you know, so anything is possible with it, but I think that uh, the reason why I've had um, a lot of interesting experiences with Portal de Luz as a modern skull being made is because I've worked with crystal skulls in other lifetimes. And it's just like I, I know in working with him where I have to take Portal de Luz, how to do the meditation, which places, who I should give the skull to to help them, let's say, with healing or to develop their own creative gift or mm you know, have a, an interesting experience. So you're, you're in tune. You're, you're almost like a, a human tuning fork for those skulls and what occurs with them. That's yeah, well, that's amazing. It seems like you guys have already had like a, a past relationship. So you guys are already familiar to some degree mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you don't mm -hmm. need that uh, phase of getting to know each other. Was, was that place in uh, England? Was it Stanton drew stone circles? No. Um, no. Okay. I was just throwing a dart on the dartboard and seeing if that might have <laughs> no, been. It's another not one. far from uh, Stonehenge. Oh, okay. And I can't think of the name of it, but it's another, you know, circle of stones yeah. uh, that everybody knows in the southwestern part of England. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, so Joshua, um, does it like change the energy or the experience you have with the crystal depending on what, or with the crystal skull depending on what type of crystal it's made out of, or does does that have any effect on the experience at all? Uh, yes. Um, for me, I mostly have the affinity with quartz crystal. And, you know, it could be different colors of quartz crystal. Amethyst, rose quartz, Portal de Luz is a smoky quartz. Although there's been a couple of times where Portal de Luz almost is so clear, it's, he becomes like clear quartz. Wow. He changes his color. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, and then I remember one time when I brought him with the crystal skull in the British Museum of Man in England. Uh, they have a crystal skull there, the British Museum crystal skull. Portal de Luz was doing, um, got very dark in the presence because that skull, you know, really wasn't being taken care of and wasn't respected. So it was kind of like mm -hmm. helping to eliminate some of the dark frequencies of energy. Uh, related to that skull, which the museum said was a fake. You know, somebody just carved it and it was fake. Right. Um, so, yeah, but, um, you know, there are other people who may have an affinity with different types of gemstones that are not quartz crystal. Because initially crystal skulls in the beginning, like when they first started coming out and people were talking about them, it was quartz crystal. But now the modern carvers, they're making skulls of every type of gemstone that you can imagine. And different people have affinity for different gemstones. That, so, that's that's interesting. So, And that's a good clarification. And Josh, that's a great question, I think. So it's not necessarily the material the skull's made out of, but it's that connection between the human that is activating that skull and that human that activates with that material. I'm a firm believer of stones in general, minerals. Certain minerals do certain things in the body. It wouldn't be any different depending on what the skull's made out of. Exactly. So, uh, and this I hear from other people as I talk to them, you know, because the skulls are made by the modern carvers, you know, they'll go on eBay and uh, different websites like we have and, you know, They'll see the different materials and they'll find something that resonates for them. So hmm. uh, it's kind of individual. That was uh, going to be my question is how would one, if, if one was to pick up a crystal skull, how would they know which kind of material would possibly resonate right. with their 
vibrations, let's say? Um, is it kind of just roll the dice and see, or um, I don't know. I like, I don't know if, if, does that make sense? Yes, it does. Well, the key, the key, I think, but this doesn't necessarily work for everyone is let's say like, for example, we have friends in Canada who for the coast to coast show, they made a special offer where people, if they ordered within a week after that radio show, they could receive from them a 10% discount. And they had a wide selection of different crystal skulls. So what I always recommend to people who feel like, you know, I'd really, you know, would like to get my own crystal skull. It's kind of like what I just did today. I ordered a Amazon tablet. So normally I'm working with my computer and I just got a uh, cell phone, which is, you know, an advanced phone. So now I'm accepting having a tablet. I feel inspired that I need to, to use that for the spiritual work I do, that some things are going to come up where having the tablet will be a better situation. So it's the same with the crystal skull. I encourage people, you know, to just look at each one. And most of the people tell me they see a particular skull and for some reason, they just go, I feel affinity they're, for that. They're, I, they're I drawn like that. to that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm drawn mm-hmm. to that one. And the other key is is that the size does not matter of the crystal skull they select. Uh, so I recommend, you know, start with a small one, uh, practice with it, see what happens to you. Uh, sometimes people get a crystal skull for a period of time, and then they feel inspired. I need to give it to someone else. Mm-hmm. So that has happened to us. We We have personally about 30 crystal skulls, but there's been about two or three, which uh, Katrina has felt need to move on to another person. And they do. Mm. So, you know, the whole, the whole idea is, is to be spontaneous. Like there's a saying that I believe in related to being spontaneous. And that is when we are spontaneous is when creator is able to, uh, to work through us in the most powerful way in the physical form. So it's kind of like, even with the crystal skulls, you know, I might wake up tomorrow and I might have a whole different idea of, of some new project to do with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think being spontaneous and saying a new adventure could happen every day with them. This is the key. And that, you know, even if you start with a, a small crystal skull, and you start to have an experience with it. Like, for example, some people who do have crystal skulls have told me uh, they don't get a name for the skull. They feel like it's quiet. And then all of a sudden, five months later, all of a sudden, it starts calling to them and, and it gets activated. Wow. So <clears throat> it's everybody has different experiences with it. So it's kind of yeah. like, you know, if you're open to a new adventure and you feel like, you know, I'm not making these things up that I'm talking about. Or if you go on our website and you read about some of our stories and so on, you have to have your own experience and then you know. I mean, it's like sometimes the things I experience with the crystal skulls, I cannot explain them in words. Yeah. You know, I, it, it's it's a spiritual, a paranormal experience that we don't have the words to explain it. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, it, a lot of times people get kind of shunned away from the word paranormal because they think automatically it's in this weird front. But the reality is that definition of that word is just something that's unknown, you know, that nobody really can explain. It's not in our normal wheelhouse, if you will. So when we talk about the skull, so this is kind of a wrap-up question a little bit on, on two. 
Um, mm-hmm. Number one, great definitions of, of what they are, the energy. I, I think hopefully that gives our listeners an idea of which way to go to. But when you, when you, I guess you talk about not necessarily the end game, but how the skulls have a place in our world, how they're going to be part of that. You touched on that, but can we, can we dive into that a little bit more? Right. Well, I, I believe in the prophecy told by various imbi- indigenous groups that there is a, a set or several sets of crystal skulls that have uh, existed before that eventually will come out. Like there's some people feel there's a master set of 13 original crystal skulls that have been hiding and that they have not come out yet because the vibrational frequency and energy connected to it is uh, beyond what the human beings, let's say, can can deal with. So we have all the other crystal skulls, um, you know, made by other civilizations or by modern ones, etc. But I also feel that there's the possibility of multiple sets. Like when I had contact with the Mayan priest and I received Portal de Luz at the Crystal Skull Conference, they talked about 52 skulls, like hmm. that there were four different sets of 13 skulls, which they had one set, and then possibly other indigenous cultures may have had another set. Like um, in Peru, for example, which is where you know I have visited high up in the Andes Mountains in the northern part of Peru looking for the, the blue skull, where I think that it did exist in the physical reality possibly hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago before it went into a different dimension. I think that there were, um, well, I had a vision when I was there. And I talk about this in one of the books that we published, which is, um, you know, looking for the blue skull in Peru, that I had a vision of a Lemurian temple high up in the Andes Mountains by a sacred lagoon where the shamans were taking people for healing. I had this vision that there was a temple in Lemuria here, like this part of Peru uh, was part of Lemuria. And when Lemuria sank, the Andes Mountains rose, okay? But I felt that when it existed as part of Lemuria, there was this temple, and there were uh, there was a room where there were 13 crystal skulls uh, that people could go and see and meditate with or visit with. And each crystal skull was in a glass case, like hanging from the wall. And it was 13 different skulls, different colors of um, um, quartz crystal or whatever. So, um, you know... So these are possibilities of things that may be coming back into our reality to serve as either, you know, ancient computers that have sacred knowledge and information to help humanity to create world peace or for the energy and the healing uh, that they emanate, which many people who have crystal skulls are experiencing. So I think, you know, the crystal skulls have a role to play um, basically to help humanity to awaken to the gifts and the divine presence that's in each of us, you know, that, you know, we have the soul who is immortal. I mean, people who have near-death experiences talk about, you know, meeting God or meeting relatives and some other plane of existence. So I think the crystal skulls also serve as like a, a energy vortex or door to these other planes of existence as well. And that there also may be, in the other dimensions, other crystal skulls that are able to communicate to the ones that are on the physical plane. Or I've also had visions to, like I remember this happened to me with a mold of the Mitchell Hedges skull. 
I was in Brazil sharing it with people and I was working with a UFO group there and I had a vision of a counterpart skull on a spacecraft that that a crystal skull on the earth was communicating and receiving energies and information from. Wow. Wow. So just um, from a mold of the skull, huh? From a mold of the Mitchell Hedges skull, then I had this vision. I saw ETs on the spaceship with a crystal skull in front, and it was communicating with crystal skulls in the physical reality. Mm. That's very um, interesting. For, for my curiosity, uh, what what exactly are the Mitchell Hedges? You, you briefly mentioned it, but what, what makes these skulls so famous and so well-known, the, the Mitchell Hedges skulls? Well, when I first started with the crystal skulls, um, I had heard of the Mitchell Hedges skull before. And the reason why uh, it was very well known is, number one, it's almost an exact duplicate of a human bone skull. Not exactly. It has some features that a human bone skull does not. It's two pieces. The lower jaw is separate from the top part of the skull, whereas you saw with Portal de Luz, it's just one piece of smoky quartz. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. This one was two pieces. Um, the other thing was that it was found and celebrated as sacred by the Mayans because the Mitchell Hedges family had an expedition to um, British Honduras, which is now Belize, where they had Mayan uh, cities. And they found the skull inside of a Mayan city, and all the native people went crazy. They started Mm. laughing, kissing the ground, celebrating this sacred tool. And so um, Mitchell Hedges gave the Mitchell Hedges skull to the shaman of the Mayans. But when they left, they gave it back to him as a gift in regards to the food, medical supplies, and clothing. Okay. 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 Wow. So this basically how it was found. Now, some people uh, say they don't believe that story that it was found. They think that Mitchell Hedges planted it so his adopted daughter Anna Mitchell Hedges would find it. For me, it doesn't matter what the history of the Mitchell Hedges skull is. It, l- let me say this. Of all the crystal skulls I've seen, now I haven't seen the blue skull in the physical, okay? So I can't compare it to that. But the ones that I've seen, that I've touched, that I've meditated with, that I've been in the present, the Mitchell Hedges skull has been the one that's had the most powerful energy that I've received from any crystal skull that I've seen so far. Wow. And, and I think... The reason for that is because um, it was possibly created in Atlantis. Like the first book that I was involved in with the Crystal Skulls is called Mystery of the Crystal Skulls Revealed with Bowen and Nasserino. And Sandra Bowen had this vision that the Mitchell Hedges Skull was created from um, uh, a priest priestess in Atlantis Shatritra, I believe she called the priestess. When hmm. she died, they converted her bone skull and her entire body into quartz. Oh, wow. And also, this also came up with uh, Mitchell Hedges. Hmm. F.A. Mitchell Hedges said uh, there was a rumor that th- they discovered a crystal skull and body. In other words, something else beyond the Mitchell Hedges skull. But the local indigenous people said that, you know, it was cursed or something. They weren't allowed to take it out, so they left it where they found. But that the entire body was done in in crystal. So Miss Bowen, co-author of this book, also spoke about that she believed, you know, that in Atlantis it was the entire crystal body, but what they have found so far was just the head. 
So oh, this wow. is another possibility. So as you can see, you know, the crystal skulls are not just a piece of quartz in the shape of a skull. There's so many other things connected to it. Mm-hmm. Like one other quick story I, I would share that's, again, some people won't believe me, is there's a, v- a device called a uh, Leckier antenna, which is a, like a dowsing rod, except it has numbers on it. And it's used by practitioners to measure specific frequencies of energy. So we work with a group in Belgium who worked with this device and their teacher who is leading the group looked at Portal de Luz and said, it's a piece of stone. Why are we wasting our time (laughs) using this device on a piece of stone? Nothing's going to happen. So one of the people took it and started doing measurements of frequency and energy. And this is the part that's really amazing. They measured the frequencies of energy of the five human senses coming from Portal de Luz. Really? You said, no, this this is crazy. Do it again. (laughs) They did it three times, and three times Portal de Luz was broadcasting that energy. So that goes back to your theory of just living consciousness that's in that. Oh, that's yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, we're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to come back with some wrap ups. I I'm just enthralled with this whole thing. Um, stand by, everybody. Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? Yes, Will I am. Are you ready to bring on the weird? Did you did you just make a Will I am joke? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> nice. I'll allow it. Anyway, we're just a couple of harmless guys digging into weird things we don't know much about. We're just trying to figure out what the hell is happening in the world outside our homes. Do we get things wrong? Without a doubt. Are we learning from those mistakes? Not anytime soon. Are you entertained by the crap we're talking about? Of course. That's why I always listen to the show. You listen? All right. What what do you like to listen to about the show? I like aliens, conspiracies, cryptids, NWO, shadow government, you name it. What? Hold on. Do the aliens come from inside the Earth instead of interstellar travel? What made the conspiracy start? Why did that cryptid evolve to do the things it does? Who runs this NWO? Listen in as we dive into all manners of subjects as we bring on the weird. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. You can listen to clips of our episodes on our YouTube channel. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser.com. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, so we're back. Um, you, number one, your stories are amazing. You you have some other things, and I, and I just want to – I don't really want really to dive down because we really brought you on in regards to the Crystal Skulls, how they – your research, your explorations, your theories on that. But I caught some other things that I was just kind of curious on, and you talk about the creator – and you talk about uh, some of your theories. I have one that, that kind of sticks out to me, which, which I find, you know, nowadays everybody seems to have their own theory, but this one really kind of makes sense to me. But I need, I, I feel we need an explanation a little bit on it. When you talk about your thoughts in regards to no time and no space, can we talk about that real quick and then we can kind of go into what you need to promote on your side? Sure. <clears throat> So in the human reality, we have past, present, and future. As we move in space, we're moving in time. We're supposedly unable to go back into the past, although I believe that, uh, let's say, the secret agenda, they have time travel, and they are able to go back into the past. Probably technologies they've gotten from ETs, which they're having communication with. But here's the concept of no time and no space. It exists 
in other dimensions and with other galactic beings. And what my understanding is, and, I, and I've had one experience with this that I can kind of explain it, but first let me explain the concept. What the beings are saying is that everything that happens is happening in the simultaneous now. So in other words, the past, present, and future, it's all happening. So like when I think about, okay, well, let's say I go back into past lives. I've actually been to great sites of who I think I've been in the past. I was a Civil War general. I was a musician. Um, what was the other one? Or in Atlantis. I can, I can kind of focus on three other lifetimes where I see that what I was doing there is actually impacting what I'm doing now, like my interest. Like I'm very interested in Atlantis. Well, that has to be from past life. The crystal skulls, I have no doubt that I've been involved with crystal skulls for many other lifetimes. So those other lifetimes are happening right now simultaneously as I'm sitting here talking to you. Hmm. And the other thing is this free ebook, which I'll talk about again before we finish, where my future self called Argus in 2037 is talking to me, that also is happening in the simultaneous now. So I can kind of see through Argus' eyes what the future is going to be like, even though I have no idea how we're going to go from 2020 to 2037. I I don't think any of us do at this point. Right. But yeah. Right. I mean, the the world as we know it is never going to be the same again. That that I know for a fact. That's good. And I believe there are two timelines available to us. One is a timeline we don't want by those who are doing it secretly, which we might say is a form of enslavement. And there's the other timeline, which Argus talks about, where world peace happens, we have contact with the galactics, we travel to their worlds, they're coming here and visiting us, we have access to all the advanced technologies, and it's paradise. Hmm. Okay, so coming back to no space and no time, so not only is everything happening simultaneously at the same time, but there's only one space for everything. So in other words, you know, if I go travel to another city, I'm not really traveling to another city. I'm still in the same space at the same time simultaneously. And that when, let's say, it's time for us to finish up in the earth reality and our soul leaves and moves back to what we might consider home, time and space doesn't work the way that it works here. Like, you know, you create by the power of your mind, you know. Like, uh, I've, I've had interviews with some mediums where I've talked to the beings that come through, and they talk about this, no space and no time. You know? do, you, do you think that's a good exclamation for ghosts, for example? There's a glitch in the mainframe. They step into our frequency or our uh, level of, of our living. Does that make sense? Yes. I think what happens in the case of ghosts is that they – don't want to move on to where you go next. They they feel comfortable with our reality, but they're existing in a different dimension. So this is the reason why the time that we're experiencing isn't flowing the same for them. And the same thing is true too for, let's say like for my father, he passed away uh, in October last year. And when I was at his funeral, I was saying to, to the people, even though I know they didn't believe me, I said, I need to talk to my dad. His spirit is right here. I want to prepare him for what he's going to experience on the other side. So he would go, you know, on the other side and um, learn about 
the reality there. But then I eventually see him. He's going to start checking in and say, my son, how's my son doing? But by the time he checks in with me, probably six months to a year will have passed. Like, I don't even know if he's watching me doing all these radio interviews that I'm doing now. Gotcha. But I sense at some point after he's comfortable over there and he's reintegrated into whatever the lifestyle is, you know, he's going to take a peek and say, you know, how's my son doing? Sure. You know, now I start understanding why did he start reading all these books and traveling and doing crystal skulls and UFOs and the paranormal? Because <laughs> I couldn't explain it to him, you know, but toward the end of life, he became more open to it. So, so and, and you have that emotional connection too. I think that will always be there, whether it's uh, you know ethereal or whether it's you know physical. So I think that's something to it. So sorry about that, John. Yeah, no problem. So that's my understanding. And the only way you can experience no time and no space is you have to go into meditation and experience it to some degree inside of yourself. Okay, because this isn't our reality. We have a memory veil that's been placed that we we don't remember what it's like in these places so that we can experience the earth. This is like a classroom. So we're here to experience this reality, which can be very challenging or it can be fantastic adventures. It just depends upon your outlook. So, you know, I really, I don't have any expectation, although I told God or creator, I'm not leaving here <laughs> until one of my novels and stories, which shows a scenario, how world peace is going to happen. It gets made into a movie. <laughs> so, and I see a vision of this. I see, you know, myself working with the actors and they're coming up to me and saying, well, Joshua, how did you see my character? You know, what was your thinking in that? So, I'm still hopeful that, you know, this is going to happen in the future. I'm very hopeful, too. We could use some world peace. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, can we please cast Tom Hanks in the uh, the main character? In that, in that <laughs> yeah, I, I, would, I would love him as the main character. Yeah. I really would. I think everybody well. would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would watch that. Fantastic. Joshua, thank you so much. I mean, it, it's amazing. Um you know, there, there's a lot more. We could easily have you back on again, and I think we kind of touched the tip of the iceberg. But we're gonna we're gonna let this settle into the listeners when they hear this episode. Uh, let them think about that. You know, I personally have always been fascinated with crystal skulls, but I, I never really knew the depth till you know interviewing you and what that whole thing looks like. That's pretty amazing. You actually have some things that you have helped our listeners with and some promotion, your website, other things. Feel free at this point to you know promote whatever you need to promote on your side for us. Okay, thank you so much. So for all of your listeners, my email is crystalskullexplorers at gmail.com. Crystalskullexplorers at gmail.com. The reason I'm giving my email is either you might have some other questions, might want to chat, you might have your own crystal skulls, but I have three free ebooks that I offered to the listeners of Coast to Coast. I had a ton of people writing to me asking. One is, of course, a free ebook about crystal skulls, over 100 pages, that will really help to explain exactly what crystal skulls are about. The second ebook is about are we living in a computer simulation? There is a number of resources and, and videos I found on, on YouTube, which I think give uh, very strong evidence that we are. And also, I believe I went in Peru near Lake Titicaca to a huge stone door there that could be the door to the place where the scientists are that created this reality, like in the Matrix. Wow. Hmm. Then the last free ebook I'm offering is The Messages 
from my future self, 2037. His name is Argus. He rode through me when I was in Brazil in 1996 to 1997. So I give you his message. And also, I, I speculate six scenarios because the Looking Glass Project, which some people have heard of, they're saying that when they work with the Looking Glass device, which they got from ETs and from the Stargate project, they only see one potential future coming up, a very positive one, so they don't want anyone working with that because it doesn't matter what they're doing, like what they're doing right now, it will not change. The end result is we'll be in a positive reality. Hmm. So I give six scenarios how a special event like extraterrestrials coming, inner Earth people coming, whatever, uh, there could be a major event that's the catalyst that brings us in that direction. So those three ebooks are available. And then, of course, we have our website, which is cse.crystalskullexplorers.com. And again, that's C Crystal S Skull Explorers E. CSE dot crystalskullexplorers.com. So we have a lot of articles on there and all kinds of information. And the other thing, the last thing is there's a group of friends I have in Canada who have a large, large, gigantic selection of crystal skulls. They have offered to the uncle's listeners, that's what I call you guys, the uncles. <laughs> I like uh, it. Right. A 10% discount on any crystal skull that they have. I have a coupon code and their website. So again, if you send me an email, you know, you get the three ebooks and I'll give you that, that website. Plus I'll also share with you five or six profound uh, statements that I've received from spirit. That's very profound that may forever change your life. Wow. Wow, absolutely. So everybody, you tune in. So we call our listeners strangers, by the way, but uncles will be fine. That's totally cool. Uh, I think well, we're the way, uncles. They're the strangers. They're the strangers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's amazing conversation, amazing time. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the podcast, but Joshua, if you want to stay online just real quick, we want to do some thank yous afterwards. Um, you can follow us in case anybody who doesn't know at strangeuncles at gmail.com. You can email us. You can, you know, let us know a topic, suggestions, uh, comments, whatever have you. If you have a tale to tell or anything on your side, you can call us at 801-252-6945. Um, and again, we have Patreon, and you can find us on all, all podcast platforms. Does anybody else have any, any things on their side? I'm good. I'm good. I just want to right. thank uh, Joshua for taking the time Fantastic. to yeah. – um, yeah, explain the crystal skulls to us. That was yeah. that was awesome. Thank the, you. Amazing conversation. I much appreciate it. So anyway, close the gates, everybody. You've been listening to a fourth hand production.